and we can dig it. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, every Saturday. Who is the Hatchet Man? Where is the Hatchet Man? Who is this Hatchet Man and where can we find him? Okay, okay. Brother Craig is the Hatchet Man and you can find him at WNTW 820 The Answer. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the Hatchet Man, on 820 AM WNTW. Now, no more water, you guys. Please? Who let the dogs out? Well, hello there, Virginia. Who let the dogs out? I don't know, but the big dog is out. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. Welcome to the program, Virginia. I'm so happy to be here, so happy to have you out there. And uh, we have a fantastic program lined up for you today. And, uh, and of course, we're going to, as always, we will entertain your phone calls, your questions, your comments. And uh, now, before we start now, uh, for, particularly for those of you who are new to the program, now, you who have been listeners to your friendly neighborhood hatchet band, Brother Craig, for many, many years, you know that the opening to this program, we're actually waterboarding a terrorist. <laughs> Okay, and uh, so the the interrogators are a little bit confused. They think that Hatchet Man is a code name for us, for some nefarious individual, and so they they have uh, intercepted some communication, and they're interrogating this guy. Who is this Hatchet Man, and where can we find him? And so finally, this guy, after they waterboard him, and now. We waterboard this joker every week now, and every week he gives the answer up. Okay, okay, Brother Craig is the hatchet man, and you can find him at 820 AM WNTW. And uh, now this is what I need, folks. If there's someone in this audience that is uh, an animator or a CGI, that's computer-generated images uh, specialist, I need someone that and we, we we're advertising this in other places, but I thought I'd announce it here. We we want to hire someone that can create a little mini video. So when we begin to do this program uh, or, or online, uh, and you have a visual, uh, the opening when we're waterboarding that terrorist, we need someone that can draw that. Now I, we we obviously can't use actors in live action, so <laughs> I thought that might be kind of neat, but. Anyway, Craig at the First Amendment Inc. dot com is is my email address. Address Craig at the First Amendment Inc. dot com, or you could actually, if you you know, I know I know that's a mouthful to remember. You could always go to the WNTW website and just shoot me a line there, or go to the First Amendment Inc. website and uh, shoot me a line there. So. Great program lined up. At the bottom of our first hour, we have a very, very good friend of this program, Dr. Jerome Corsi. Uh, and, of course, Dr. Corsi, uh, we've, we've, I think this will be perhaps the eighth time I've had the honor and privilege of interviewing uh, this truly great author and researcher, uh, Dr. Corsi. And, of course, on the left, they can't stand him. Well, anyone that's effective, they can't stand. <laughs> okay. And you know they don't like your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, uh, Brother Craig. And uh, why? Because like Dr. Corsi, I'm a watchman on the wall. 
And I take that advice seriously. You know, ye who mention the name of the Lord, keep not silent. That's, you know, watchmen on the wall. And that, that's what it says in God's word that he has appointed watchmen on the wall. And uh, Dr. Corsi is a watchman on the wall. Uh, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, I, you know, I do my humble bit to be a watchman on the wall. And uh, we love bringing you the type of guests that are watchmen and watch women on the wall of this great nation. And, uh, and of course, those on the left who despise the founding ideas in this nation, they hate such people, okay? And, and I've been saying for years that uh, government boils down to two types, okay? And there, there are only two types, all right? And another thing about government now, the greatest government is self-government. You have government at various levels, self, family, community, your church, your lo- your, the locality in which you live, your state, then your nation. Now, of course, on the left, the, the Democrats, they're trying to add another layer, which would be called world government. Okay, so not only do you have to look at yourself and say, is this right or wrong? Do you have to look at what your parents taught you? Is this right or wrong? Then you have to look at your the locality in which you live, uh, Richmond, Henrico, Chesterfield, whatever, Williamsburg. Then the state of Virginia, okay? Then Washington, D.C. Now they, they want you to go to Brussels as a, as a final, um, or, or did you think the world government headquarters would be in Washington? <laughs> you can perish that thought. <laughs> Trust me. It'll be in Brussels or somewhere over in socialist Europe. But anyway, um, you know, but the greatest, the greatest government is self-government. And, you know, every morning I, uh, I, I work my garden. Well, I don't really work it, work it, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a, I spend a few moments here in the summer. I water the garden every morning, maybe pull a few weeds, see if there's any squash hiding up under those big, beautiful leaves and, take them on in the house, but it's, it's just a peaceful time. I'm, I'm out there. I'm just, just me and the Lord and the mosquitoes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But my garden is such a humble little garden and it's uh, in the last several years, it really, it hasn't been doing all that well. I, um, for one thing, I live such a busy life that Quite often, I don't get the garden in on time. And so that happened again this year. I got the garden in late. I didn't put the garden in until Father's Day. And uh, and we, matter of fact, one of the best radio programs I've done in a while was my Father's Day program that we did here that, you you know, if you missed it or if you, you're a big fan of talk radio and maybe want to hear it, uh, go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash Brother Craig. And uh, it's up there uh, in our archive. But anyway, I was thinking, you know, and, I, and the reason I garden, I learned this from my grandfather. And it just so happens that my grandfather's birthday uh, just passed a couple of days ago. August 3rd, uh, my grandfather would have been 96. Uh, Charles Henry Braxton. And it just got me to thinking about a lot of things. And, of course, we lovingly referred to him as Pop Charlie. And as a matter of fact, I, I'm told now my grandmother, who is my grandmother, is still with us. 
she she's 97 will be will she will be 98 uh in November and uh my grandfather would be 96 if he was still with us but of course you know he's he's uh in heaven uh listening and uh I, you know and I wonder sometimes what would pop be saying but you know we were we lovingly referred to him as pop charlie and and my grandmother told me I'm the one that gave him that nickname uh, as a little boy pop charlie now, of course, I don't remember that, but, you know, I was too young to remember that. But I take her at her word that she says, I, you know, I gave him the nickname of Pop Charlie. But, you know, it was uh, my childhood growing up in, in Charles City County. Um, at least I spent all my summers in Charles City. Uh, for quite a few years, we lived in Newport News. But every summer uh, in Charles City and, uh, and then, you know, we moved back to Charles City when I was 12 and uh, went to high school at Charles City High School, uh, church at Union Baptist uh, Church. The church is right next door to uh, my grandparents' home, a home that my grandfather built with his own two hands, okay? And it's amazing, okay? Pop Charlie had an eighth-grade education, built an entire brick house by himself, okay? Uh, How many people today with an eighth grade education can, could build a house. You know, you have a lot of people that have a lot more education could not build a house. But my grandmother, uh, and we lovingly refer to her as Nanny, still lives in that house today that my pop Charlie built. And, uh, and it got me to thinking, and you know, we're always talking here on this program. Uh, one of the themes of this program is that we discuss the people and things that make America great. And quite often we talk about the big people, you know, like we have Dr. Corsi coming on later, a great man. We discuss presidents. Uh, we, we, you know, we discuss uh, inventors, uh, authors, uh, filmmakers. You know, we tend to discuss these, uh, these giants, you know, and I've done several hundred interviews over the years. And, uh, but greatness, you know, to you, what does greatness look like to you? You know, to me, greatness, and, and particularly growing up as a, as a fatherless child, I was really looking for that greatness in a father figure. And I see a lot of people today that seem like they could use a father figure, a Pop Charlie, or someone in their lives. And and. and you know, and I talked about this a little bit back during um, Father's Day, that in a sense it was a blessing in disguise to me to, to grow up fatherless because what that did, and I didn't know it at the time, but what that did was that gave me a thirst for fatherhood. And it, and it made me receptive so that when God placed father figures in my life, you know, there's an old wise saying, when the student is ready, the master will appear. And I'm telling you, folks, I've been so blessed that there's so many masters of life, men, godly men, good men, and yes, even great men that have sown into my life. And I wonder, had I had a father, would I have had that type of attitude to be a willing student to my grandfather uh, or to my football coach, Coach Musgrove? Oh, Coach Harper, you know, these um, 
and you know, and in particular, like Coach Musgrove, with whom I've been honored and blessed to have a relationship from from the '70s right on up to today, and uh, and and just more. And and it seems like every place I go in life, even though now I'm firmly in middle age and I'm no longer a young man, God still places these father figures in my life, and so little bit about what greatness looks like. We're a little bit late for the break, and when we come back, I'm going to continue this theme of what greatness looks like here on The Really Real Deal. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And, uh, and you know, folks, uh, continuing the theme of what does greatness look like, it is, you know, I think the really real deal on greatness is, you know, greatness in small places, you know. And, uh, it, it, and it was such a, um, you know, I had a really – wonderful childhood you know and 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 I was just I was I really I felt like in the grand scheme of things I was not surrounded by greatness okay but in if you look at greatness in little ways you know I I, there was everything you know we talked last week uh, or it might have been week before last about the five p's of what a man is supposed to do not only should he be always have proper preparation to prevent poor performance but he should also be a prophet, a pastor, a priest, a provider, and a protector of his family and for his family and to his family. And I was just, I was just surrounded by that, you know, and I remember some of my earliest remembrances, my, uh, my home church, Union Baptist, uh, there, um, 
homecoming is coming up first Sunday in September. And I'm te- and, and I try to always make it and um, don't always make it, but I try to always make it. And I, I'm telling you folks, I remember as a boy, uh, it, you know, some of these men, they just seem like such holy people. And I don't know whether they were holy or not holy, but that to a young child, I mean, we had this deacon, uh, Deacon Lester Cotman, big, tall man, had perfectly white hair, okay, um, big, barrel-chested, kind and gentle. And, uh, you know, and I think about him sometime, and I wonder what kind of man was he as, as a young man because my only remembrance of him was in his later years when he had that crown on his head called white hair, which to this day I love white hair. You know, I had a uh, had a reason to uh, uh, see a doctor uh, not too long ago, and there were you know more than one doctor to choose from, and I said white, please. You know, referring to the white hair. Okay, and uh, you know, you just you know that that crown of glory comes from experience, and uh, and you know, I just remember uh, you know men like that, and that man, you know when he was not in front of the congregation uh, doing the things that deacons do, like lead prayer and whatnot, you know, you know, my, my remembrance of him was he was not particularly uh, eloquent or well-spoken, but when it was time to lead prayer, that man could pray down heaven, okay? And uh, I'll just, I'll never forget it, Deacon Lester Cotman, you know, um, I remember the minister that baptized me. Just a fiery, powerful man. You know, Reverend Joseph Chisholm. Now, he was not big and tall and barrel-chested. He was a, little, a, a small-featured man, but very intense. And um, I remember the day I was baptized. I thought he was going to drown me. He whispered in my ear. I thought he whispered in my ear, hold your breath. So I sucked in a great big deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked, and he talked, and he talked. Now, maybe he said, I'm going to dunk you in a minute, but I thought he was going to dunk me right then, and I'm holding my breath and holding my breath, and he's talking and he's talking. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've got to let this one out and get me a new breath. <laughs> and so as I exhaled, his hand went over my face. Down I went. And, and then being that he was small and elderly, and I was kind of big for my age. I was maybe 15 or 16 years old. And it uh, seemed like it took me forever to, to walk up there and, and get the nerve to go and be baptized. Every week he would say, is there one? Is there one? And I'm on the edge of my seat. And so And I don't know how long it took me. It seemed like it took me a year. And in the year that it took me to finally go up there and get baptized, I probably grew two or three inches. And so here I am, this big boy. And, uh, and, and, you know, and it seems like he had trouble getting me up out of the water. And so <laughs> it's like I was being drowned. It was something. And, uh, but anyway, you know, it's, um, so it's, it's just something that things you think about here. And I'm just, you know, reminiscing as I, you know, look over my humble little garden that is nowhere near the, 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 the glorious garden my grandfather used to have. And, um, but just it puts me in mind of what true greatness looks like. And true greatness is really 
close to home. You know, um, Mrs. Hatchett and I have been watching this uh, program lately. Uh, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but it's called Band of Brothers. And uh, we just found watched the final episode last night, as a matter of fact. And, um, and the, these were heroes. These were heroes. But at the end, when they interviewed one of the men, and he said one of his grandchildren asked him, Grandpa, when you were in the war, were you a hero? And he said, in, in true humility of the men of his era, no, son, I was not a hero, but I was in the company of heroes. I mean, powerful, powerful, you know. Arena um, Sindler, a World War II, not an American veteran, but a, but a Polish Christian woman who is credited with saving more Jewish people from death than anyone else, 2,500, she and several others. Uh, but she was the, being that she was the nurse, she was the one that went in and out. And she smuggled out, believe it or not, folks, 2,500 children, sometimes little infants, she would hide them in her medical bag. And she kept dogs with her so that the dogs would bark to hide the noises that the children would make. And um, it's, you know, she, and this, this was the face of Christianity. This was the face of Christianity. And people that want to mock Christianity, they say, oh, the Nazis, they were, the, they were Christians killing Jews. No, no, no. They were animals yielded to Satan that were killing Jews. The Christians were saving Jews. That's what greatness looks like. You know, St. Paul wrote, gird up the loins of your mind as he taught. That's what greatness looks like. 500 years ago this year, 1517, Martin Luther, the great reformer. That's what greatness looks like, you know? And these folks today, that they are leaders, but are they great? That's the question. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break, and when we come back, we're going to have a very good friend of this program, Dr. Jerome Corsi. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here 
on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program as we listen to a little bit of It's a Man's World by James Brown. And uh, that certainly is uh, what it is. And uh, we we have coming up our guest, Dr. Jerome Corsi. And and, uh, James Brown, uh, yeah, he can still sing It's a Man's World in the background because uh, we have a shown up onion-toting patriot and watchman on the wall uh, with us, Dr. Jerome Corsi. Dr. Corsi, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm great. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's quite an honor. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. We've uh, been, uh, I've been doing these interviews. This is my ninth year. And uh, you. you are now our number one interviewee. And that's, I know it's been a couple of years since we've had you on the program, but this is actually your eighth interview here. And uh, I'm a big admirer of your work. And, uh, you know, you you really tell it like it is and you do so without fear, which is one of the things that a watchman on the wall cannot have fear. And uh, and you're not only a a class A um, investigator, but fearless in speaking the truth about what your findings are. Well, I admire that you, I'm honored by your words, and I admire that you uh, have noticed. I'm just, you know, working at it daily, trying to do my best to bring the truth out. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I, and I, and I think it's undoubted that uh, you and uh, Eugene O'Neill are probably personally responsible for the reelection of President George Bush. I mean, he was behind. Well, of course, the you know the media they always say the Republican is behind until election day. <laughs> right. Well, but, John O'Neill, my co-author with Unfit for Command, uh, was was a Swift Boat veteran, and he he was uh, he's a great American. It was an honor to work with John and Swift Boat veterans in writing that book in 2004. And um, I've been pleased to be able to write written quite a few more and continue to work at this. Yeah. And um, it, the the battle goes on; it does not stop. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the, this you cover such a wide breadth of subjects. I mean, this the swift boat, and 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 it's a shame that the term swift boating now means the opposite. They try to say to swift boat someone is to smear them with a lie, and what you actually did was, you you told the truth. I think 2,000 Swift Boat veterans signed an affidavit saying the book was true, and John Kerry had eight Swift Boat veterans that said the book was not true. I mean, 2,000 to eight, is that's not even in the same ballpark, okay? Well, as you know, I, I, I think my book, Abomination, which I wrote in 2008, also um, really set the public straight as to who Barack Obama yes. is, that he's really a... Uh, a hard leftist, he is very um, hard. Yeah, and, and and determined to bring down the United States. Um, I think his. Um, you know, I have no idea what his true religion is, but I think his his sympathy atheist. Least, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, probably <laughs> atheist not. with a smattering of Islam. Culturally, culturally, culturally. Yeah, yes. I, mean, I think Barack Obama culturally is comfortable with Islam because he grew up in a Muslim environment in Indonesia. It, yeah. You know, he went to Cairo and said he'd experienced Islam on three continents. I don't know that he's truly a Muslim believer, Islam believer at heart. 
mm-hmm. but uh, but culturally he's comfortable in that milieu mm-hmm. and and that's obvious and he, he has supported the Muslim Brotherhood and some of the most radical elements yeah. in Islam, which I think is you know again part of his hard left. The hard left has decided to join with Islam to bring mm-hmm. down radical Islam. You know, not the not the core of Islam, but radical Islam to bring down the United States. Yes, and we're we're seeing it today in the uh, the resistance to Trump movement mm-hmm. that is essentially anarchist in nature. I mean, this is a leftist anarchist movement. But isn't this, Dr. Corsi, always what the left does? And, and many people feel like this is uh, what they're doing to Trump is unusual. Or and I, and I keep hearing all these superlatives used in reference to what they're doing to Trump. But from my recollection, this is, uh, this is what they always do. And I call them, really, I call them the coalition of evil. The, the Demo- not, Mon- not you out there, Mon Pa Democrat, but the, the leadership of your party, the Democrat Party, the communists, the socialists, the fascists, the atheists, the radical homosexuals, you know, not some little, you know, homosexual that's selling flowers or wanting to, you know, paint his house pink, whatever, just but the, the, the hardcore radical homosexual, the hardcore radical environmentalists, and more, most importantly, Dr. Corsi, the Muslim fundamentalists, they, they, all the people that believe that your rights and my rights come from them as opposed to what people like you and I believe, uh, Dr. Corsi, that our rights come from God, that when we're born, we're already free, which the founding fathers agree with. And, and you know, you go back into the, uh, I agree entirely with what you said. I mean, this is the hard left. This is, you know, these are the, People in the streets wearing black, breaking windows, trashing cars, starting fights with people. These are these these are radical anarchistic thugs, like you saw between wars in Germany, mm-hmm. in, you know, the Weimar Republic, trying to cause the same kind of disruption, and, and co-opting legitimate movements that were for human rights, like the civil rights movement of the 1950s. I mean, 50s, mm-hmm. 50s and 60s. Martin Luther King uh, would never have had anything to do with these hard, hard left. He was right. People find it hard to believe, but Martin Luther King was a Republican, mm-hmm. as was his he, father and his brother, Reverend A. D. King. They all three of them were Republicans. And in that era, it, again, I think uh, Dinesh D'Souza has done some very good work on this. That the uh, people forget that in the going back to the Civil War. It was the Democratic Party that was the party in favor of slavery. And through Reconstruction, it was the Democratic Party that was in favor of segregation. In 1948, mm-hmm. Strom Thurmond walked with the Dixiecrats, walked out of Harry Truman's convention uh, because Harry Truman wanted to integrate the military and he wanted to begin a series of civil rights laws that would have ended segregation in the South. Mm-hmm. The South was all at that period of time, you know, the hard core racist South was Democrat, mm-hmm. and the, the the forces that wanted to get uh, true integration in the South, you know, were really beginning with Eisenhower, Republican, who introduced the first civil rights laws, and you know, did things like sent the, the troops to 
awful Forbes to open mm-hmm. the schools. Yes. Uh, that was all Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Democrats were not in favor of those measures at that time. Yeah. And, as were and somehow, the as were the Abraham Lincoln era civil rights laws. A lot of uh, same thing. Same thing. Yeah, Republicans for, Democrats against. As was even the right for women to vote. Again, Republicans in favor, Democrat against. In fact, when you watch the movie uh, Spielberg's movie on the um, passage of what was the Thirteenth Amendment, you know that basically um, ended slavery and started. Uh, blacks on the on the path equal rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you watch that whole movie, and Spielberg never makes the point that um, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, and the yeah. forces in Congress leading that movement were Republican. Well, they co-opted it, like, it. it. What he makes it look like Abraham Lincoln was you know a form of a, a former day Obama. Yeah, which was nothing. It was absolutely not true. What is it in the psyche, Dr. Corsi, of, of Republicans that cause Republicans not to be able to open their mouths up and speak simple historical truth about the nature of uh, the two parties? And I, I make the case that even today the Democrats are still the party of slavery because, for example, universal health care, as invented by Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, Lenin's direct quote was uh, universal health care is the keystone to the archway of socialism. And and yeah. the purpose of socialism is communism. So you free free anything, whether it's free food, free health, a free house, a, a free Obama phone, is nothing more than a piece of cheese on a great big rat trap. Am I overstating it, Dr. Corsi? No, you, you've got it 100% correct. And, you know, I, I think the clear problem is that uh, what, what we're talking about is all of communism, socialism, what the democratic hard left has become, is lies. Mm-hmm. And the principal lies is always want to get biblical about this. Is Satan and Satan's got an upper hand. It's easier to lie, and people are more easily going to believe a lie mm-hmm. than they are going to struggle to discern the truth. Yeah, because the truth includes an element of responsibility. And what the Democrats have all done, what Satan does, is that blame the other guy. You know, your problems are his fault. He did this to you. Mm-hmm. You know, side with me. I'll make it right for you. Well, that's, that's yeah. enslavement. But they, know, every, everybody's got to be responsible for themselves. What the, what the core values of our founding fathers were, were based on individual responsibility. You know, responsibility to believe in God, responsibility to be moral, mm-hmm. responsibility to enter into a form of government that was limited government. And, you know, the left has said, oh, no, we'll take care of that for you. Just leave, give us the power, and we'll, yeah. we'll make you free. They, they're violating the first commandment, uh, no, have no other God before me, and they, they want to be worshipped. That's right. And I, I, and I think, you know, right-thinking people all across the world are, are getting on to uh, the, the lies that, you know, radical Islam, extreme, how can the left embrace, you know, the, the worst in Islam when it's so fundamentally brutal to women? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I just, it's hard to imagine why the left, which has championed this, you know, feminist movement, it's, it's, well, the only reason they do is because radical Islam will side 
with the hard, hard radical left yes. to oppose the United States, to oppose capitalism, to oppose individual freedom and individual responsibility. And so the goal is to enslave everybody. Yeah. And, and as they bring uh, Muslims and intersperse them throughout our population, they create anxiety and friction, which the, the left benefits from friction and anxiety and hatred and, and, and fighting. Uh, they benefit from that. And whereas yeah. our side, we benefit from peace and, and prosperity. The left yeah. does not benefit from peace and prosperity, which is why in uh, like in your black ghettos, you you um, and it, this is amazing that under Barack Obama, you would have thought that poverty would have declined in these communities, but it increased. And I've been making the case that this is purposeful, not some messianic Obama that's trying his best and those dastardly Republicans are getting in the way. This they, they benefit from poverty. That's why you have a poverty industry. Uh, it, it, am I overstating it again? No, I think you're right, and I think the problem is that, you know, it's Saul Linsky 101, rub raw the tensions, rub yes. raw the social conflict, intensify class hatred and class, you know, suppression. And, it, you know, that means the Democrats have no intention. Lyndon Johnson, they signed the voting rights bill, said blacks will vote for us for 50 years. Now, that's he's not gone. what he said, Dr. Corsi, but I understand I, I why <laughs> I understand <laughs> I why you put it that way. But he was well, a very crude speaking man, yeah. and he said we'll have those niggers voting for us for the next 200 years. But I respect yeah. that you didn't want to use that word. But, I, see, I, I'm, I, I'm brown enough where I can say that. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I consider it to be a word I don't tend to. I appreciate yeah, uh, that. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, and I hope I didn't shock any listeners no, out a, there. But, you know, we, we deal in truth on this program, and well, that's, that's the he way said. he said it. And uh, he, he, he even spoke like that in the presence of Dr. King. Uh, Dr. Oh, sure King, one of Dr. King's sons gave a speech uh, 20 minutes from here at Virginia State University, and he, he, he says that uh, his father told him that, President Johnson spoke like that in his presence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to draw a distinction on, you know, on Islam. I mean, I, I support it. I walked 200 miles years ago, a decade or so ago, with the Iranians who wanted freedom in, their, in Iran. I, I get the mullahs out and get radical Islam out of The Green out Revolution, of 2009? Yes. And Obama yeah. did nothing. Oh, that nothing. that beautiful young woman that bled out in the street oh, on YouTube, yeah. and Obama backed off and let the mullahs stay in power. I didn't know you and, you were helped that man. That again, you you always well, you always on the right side, Doctor Corsi. I wrote Atomic Iran, and after that we we had a march from uh, Libertyville to Philadelphia to Washington, and. Um, you know, I was, almost everybody who was on that march was Muslim. And, you know, again, th there are people of, of good faith across the world who want Islam to be a legitimate religion, not a radical terrorist political movement. Dr. Zudi Jasser. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, these are the voices that need to be heard in Islam. And, and again, what's happening is that the hard left is bringing radical Islam, you know, terrorists into the fold, 
because they want the chaos. They want mm-hmm. the They benefit from that. Yeah. They benefit yeah. from it. And, and, you know, I think America, I think the Donald Trump's election, of course, now we've got Donald Trump every day after the hard left attack at the relentless, you know, they, they just will never stop at doing everything they can from within and without. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got them within the bureaucracy, within the White House. That oh, gosh. Are, are, are still loyal to this leftist ideal of Obama and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I read on your Facebook post this morning, Dr. Corsi, about Mueller and, um, and, 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 and how he's always been the Clinton and Obama fixer and that uh, he's the guy that uh, approved the Mark Rich pardon. And, um, uh, and I think he's also, now I didn't read this on, on, in your post, but I, I think he's also the guy that squashed uh, the investigation into Hillary very early on. And, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to be writing more about that. I wrote some about that because I showed that um, he did not investigate Hillary on the Uranium One deal. Mm-hmm. In fact, he went on a mission where he brought uranium to Hillary, to, to Russia, on, at Hillary's instructions. And we still don't, I don't really know what that mission was all about, 2009. Yeah. And we only know about it because of a WikiLeaks yeah. cable that was released. Yeah, yeah. But, but Mueller, Mueller also, I'm going to be writing a lot more about Mueller. Because, oh, good. Uh, Mueller not only... Uh, ended the grand jury that was looking into the Mark Rich part, which you know basically Mark Rich's wife paid for with donations to the Clinton Foundation and Hillary's campaign. Yeah, eight hundred thousand. Pay to play. A lot okay. of money. Yeah. Speaking uh, of money, your latest book, Doctor Corsi, Partners in Crime, and and folks, right. this is a man who's had six uh, best-selling uh, New York Times best-selling books. Two of them at number one, and and I predict this one is going to make it to number one. Uh, Partners in Crime: The Clinton Scheme to Monetize the White House for Personal Profit. You you got to get this book, folks. But um, you know, and, and if you, the book will shock you. I mean, as you read it, and I thoroughly footnoted it, so you can see everything in it is true. But how the Clintons repeatedly exploited misery. You know, an earthquake occurs in Haiti. The Clintons rush in, and they basically steal about a billion dollars. Yeah. And the Haitians, they are still mad. They, uh, I mean, they were actually, there was a group of them that was protesting at an embassy here in, uh, here, here in D.C. Uh, to bring attention to what uh, Bill and Hillary did. And, you know, they, and, and no one will investigate it. No one dares investigate the Clintons. And, you know, you have had Comey. Comey and Mueller have worked together on this. Comey, Mueller also was the one who, for George W. Bush, was in there, you know, lying about weapons of mass destruction. We had to go after Saddam Hussein for the weapons of mass destruction. They brought Colin Powell into that. I mean, all mm-hmm. of these people have since said, you know, what do we need to be fighting this war in Iraq for? I still don't know why we're in there and why we're in Afghanistan for all these years. What have we accomplished? I mean, you know, I, I don't think we've done anything in the Middle East except further to stabilize it. Yeah. Dr. Corsi, I have a, a question for you about Bush and Clinton. Uh, yeah. And, I, and I, I think, you know, intuitively I may know the answer, but what 
is it about that relationship? If it was truly the elder Bush sort of, quote unquote, adopting the wayward Bill Clinton uh, to mentor him, we would have seen a change in Bill Clinton's behavior. But instead, you just very recently, you had uh, Bill Clinton and, and George W. Bush, the son, uh, up on a stage together, yucking it up. And, uh, and, and these guys are just, they're hating on Trump. But, but even Trump says uh, of the Clintons, they're good people. And I, I don't see that. So what is it about these guys? Uh, you would think that they would be enemies in the, in the way that a, a righteous person would be an enemy to uh, someone that was intent on uh, committing mass murder or, 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 or billion-dollar theft. But well, I don't, we don't see that, though. There's three initials that explain it all, and that's CIA. Um, if you'll recall, Preston Bush in the 1930s with Brown Brothers Harriman financed Hitler's rise. They were leftists. They were socialists. Remember, Nazis' National Socialist Movement was on the left. That was the grandfather, Prescott, the senator? Prescott Bush. Yep, Senator Prescott Bush. Financed Hitler. George H.W. Bush was in the CIA uh, back to the Bay of Pigs days uh, and lied about it. Head of the CIA. Uh, Bill Clinton was part of the CIA operation bringing drugs in from Colombia. Remember, the CIA runs the. That's the Mena Arkansas connection. Yes. So now, so that wasn't just for money. That was no. <laughs> CIA runs the drug trade. They do this as their off-the-book slush fund, and they've been running the drug trade. Intelligence agencies have been running the drug trade since the uh, opium wars in China in the 1800s. The British started it. The British intelligence agencies through Iran. We're producing heroin and opium and bringing it into China. The Namazi family in uh, Iran was very involved in this, became billionaires. The Namazi Hospital is where Valerie Jarrett was born. Mauzi family, M-A-U-Z-I? No, Namazi, N-E-N-E-M-A-Z-E-E, I believe it is, Namazi. Oh, okay. Namazi was a big donor for John Kerry and for Hillary Clinton. He's now in federal prison for bank fraud. Mm -hmm. And I attended a deposition he gave uh, where he was swearing he wasn't working for the Mullahs, but the the Namazi family has been working for the CIA and the Mullahs from the very beginning. And so in World War II, out of China, the Nationalist Chinese were running the drug trade, the CIA got involved, the OSS it was at that time. The CIA took it over in the Kennedy era, and that was one of the major reasons we fought in Vietnam, was so the CIA could maintain its drug trade. Yeah, now, and I remember when I interviewed you for your book on who shot Kennedy, you made a very profound statement that H.W. Bush could not recount for a reporter where he was on November 22nd, 1963, simply saying he was, quote-unquote, somewhere in Texas. Yeah, and I've had numerous first-hand reports down there of people who 
Square. He was at the Adolphus Hotel the night before, which was right across from Jack Ruby's Carousel Club at the time, and right across the street. And, um, you know, the, George H.W. Bush is intelligent. The Clintons are owned by the CIA, and that's how they're protected. John Brennan, who was head of the CIA, uh, was the one who sanitized in 2008 Barack Obama's passport records. It was stolen when John Brennan was running a private security firm. John Brennan moves into the White House. John Brennan, I believe, became a Muslim when he was overseas with State Department and CIA uh, in in the Middle Eastern countries. Sincere or as a cover? Sincere or as a cover? No, sincere. He speaks Arabic. Oh, goodness. (laughs) I'd have more respect for him if he was trying to trick them. (laughs) <laughs> no, he had he, he headed the CIA. Yeah, you know, and and he's still I I've, I've named him my tweets and read my tweets. I'm I'm uh, naming that John Brennan was behind Seth Richardsburger. Hmm. Wow. And wow. I, I think this whole thing is a the Clintons and you know the intelligence agency. Uh, Jim Mars just died. He was the guy who wrote um, Crossfire and uh, the Fourth mm. Reich. He's a good friend of mine, and I, I really miss him and already. And, uh, yeah. We spent time together, and you know he did some um, the, groundbreaking work on the deep state. And okay. Now, speaking I of deep state, Doctor Corsi, could, could would, do you have a few minutes to hold over for a little bit on the other side of the break? Just a few minutes more, I can go with you. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Well, all right, folks, we have with us Dr. Jerome Corsi, as promised, and uh, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour news break, and we will be right back. Where is the best news and talk? AM 820, WNTW Chester is the answer. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And we have our fantastic guest, Dr. Jerome Corsi, his latest book, Partners in Crime. The Clintons scheme to monetize the White House for personal profit. And Dr. Corsi, thank you so much. You've been so very generous with your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Always good to be with you. Yeah. And uh, now I know you don't have a lot more time left, so I want to ask you one really big, huge question. <laughs> okay. okay. Because you've, sure. you, you've laid a lot out there uh, today. Uh, every, every four generations, this nation goes through uh, a thing called ekpyrosis, the the end of one era and the beginning of another. And they're always exactly four generations apart. Uh, Revolutionary War, exactly four generations later. The Civil War, when that that old order was wiped out, four generations later. World War II, the Great Depression. Uh, And now we're four generations after that in the established order that was set up, as you say, the OSS converted over to the CIA and the things that, that were done and the, and the political climate went through 
the, the same four phases. It always goes through a spring, a summer, an autumn, and a winter. So here we are, Dr. Corsett. We're in the winter of America for the, for the fourth time, hoping to have a spring on the other side. What does it look like? What will it take in this winter season? And this is a season folks don't like because they say, oh, it's ugly. The president is crude and rude and our politics are uh, combative and abusive. But it's always like this in order to kill the old system off and have the new one be birthed. So what well, what will it take to for the CIA, the Clintons, and things like this so we can get back to equal protection under the law, for example? Well, I think what you're seeing right now is that this is the, the death throes of globalism. This is the death throes of the, you know, the idea that we could be all one world government, one currency, United Nations. I mean, this is the, the bankers. Uh, the Federal Reserve, the central banks controlling everything from behind the scenes. Uh, this is a, a form of politics where the CIA, the intelligence agencies, the globalists, the bankers, the drug dealers, uh, all got together so they as elite could be rich. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. And the common person left in this is finding increasingly that uh, we're all left out of the equation. We're just meant to be the, um, the, the the slave fodder that goes kills in the trenches fighting these globalist wars. Mm-hmm. And I think people are tired of it. I think people are looking at both parties, Republican and Democrat, and saying, we don't need either one of them. They're both equally rotten at the core. Uh, we don't need the CIA. We're just going to run drugs. And and tape everybody's conversations. What do they need to have everybody's conversations in America recorded for? And they're doing it. Yes, they are. Uh, what, are what do we need to have, um, you know, our country's invaded by radical terrorists and criminals from south of the border who are here, you know, with gangs and, you know, murdering and raping and killing and stealing and creating chaos? That's not what people want. Now, do you see it, as I do, Dr. Corsi, that they're doing this purposely so that we will, like you said, the Saul Alinsky playbook, rub things raw so that we will cry out for government to, quote, unquote, do something? Yeah, they they expect that the the end result of this will be people will say, well, we'll give government more power to to solve the chaos the government created. Mm-hmm. And then the government will last stages just use the play out the theme and, and use that power they were given to the people. So how do now we circumvent be- them? How do we, you know, how do we, for example, um, the, the CIA protecting the Clintons? And it's, so Trump starts out saying we're going to lock her up. And within a week he's saying, oh, they're good people. So does yeah, someone well, get to Trump and say, hey, you can't. You can't touch the Clintons. Uh, is that what happens? I think what's going to happen with Trump, I think basically he's got Trump, uh, you know, Jack Kennedy, when he was lied to by the CIA and the military and the Bay of Pigs, he woke up and he said, you know, these people are lying to me. And he pulled the plug. He wouldn't send in the B-26s and he, said, I'll take the embarrassment. I'm not doing this. 
at some point or other, Trump is going to realize that his Department of Justice is against him, the CIA is against him, people in the White House are against him. He's been lied to, daily lied to. At some point, he's going to get tired of it. Because I've seen him do this before. You know, he'll go with a certain group. Previous came in and said, I can help you. I know Congress. Let me do it. I'll get you a health bill. Well, Priebus was Republican National Committee. Mm-hmm. He's owned by McConnell and Ryan and all the elite GOP that don't want any change, just want to be Democrat-like, just want to have more power to the government, more government spending. Well, Trump is going to say, uh, I'm tired of this. He fired Priebus. Uh, General Kelly, the clock's already running. He's out of there soon as Trump figures that out, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, McMasters, all of these guys who think that they can make Trump do what they want him to do, don't understand they're about to get, they're about to be thrown out. Because mm-hmm. Trump does wake up just like that. And it's not pretty. It's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. We're, what you're seeing in politics in Washington, D.C., might as well get used to. It isn't going to get any better than this. Mm-hmm. It, until the people start thrown out, Democrats and Republicans alike, and start electing people who are truly sworn to the Constitution or truly people of God who truly believe in America mm-hmm. and who truly believe in the middle class, which we need to reestablish, because the key to all these globalist movements is to destroy the middle class, take their guns, remove their Bibles, and then imprison them. Mm-hmm. And that scenario ends up you know, with a quarter of the people of the world killed in a nuclear war, maybe more, maybe half. Yeah. And the globalists will be just fine with that. Oh, yeah. They have bonkers, and we don't. And they're happy to just kill all these people because they view them as useless anyway. Yeah. And and, and for the audience, that, that might sound preposterous, but are not the Democrats the party of death anyway when you look at abortion, how they fought against malaria, which kills mosquitoes, and, and which means more people get to live. I mean, everything the they're about, yeah. is, is it increases death. The little small cars, more people die. I mean, they, 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 they give the appearance of literally being the party of death, as, as you say, and certainly it's no argument that they're the party that is opposed to, to religion, particularly yeah. Christianity. And, you know, the the whole determination right now that I cannot figure out why the Democratic Party wants to go to war with Russia. They're just determined to go to war with Russia. Of course, the Democratic Party was also, Hillary Clinton was getting paid under the table for giving uranium, mm-hmm. 20% of our uranium to Russia. Podesta was getting paid through a company called Jolie, which was a Russian money laundering company will, in the Netherlands. Will they Trump prosecute Hillary? Will will well, Trump will Trump prosecute Hillary for that or eventually? I think eventually he's going to come down to realize that you know if the Justice Department is allowing Mueller, who's a Clinton operative, to go after and a CIA operative to go after um, him, he's going to one day say, "I'm tired of this." I'm you know. I'm, I'm driving over to the Justice Department, and we'll fire a bunch of people. Jeff Sessions doesn't want to do it. I'll, I'll fire him that day on the spot. And that's it. 
Do you have any names of people to replace? Because you've made a a bold statement. Now, last week I predicted that uh, Scaramucci would be out. I said that Saturday, Monday he was out. Now, today you have said General Kelly is going to be out. Yeah, General Kelly's going to be out. Uh, Jim Sessions is going to be given a chance. If he does begin an investigation against the Clintons, if he does begin turning the tables and really examining the truth of what the last 20 years have been about, including the Clintons under criminal prosecution for the way they've run, run the Clinton Foundation, going after the emails, going after Obama lying about the NSA. He goes after the Democrats. If Sessions has the guts to do that, he'll stay. If he doesn't, if he, the clock is ticking on Sessions. Mm-hmm. He's going to be given a choice. And I know, I know Jeff Sessions. And, you know, if, if we get to him and explain it to him, he may do the right thing. But the path he's been on uh, was the path Trump was ready to fire him two weeks ago. Yeah. So a bunch of us talked to, to Sessions and through intermediaries and said, begin something. And he began this leaks investigation. Well, mm-hmm. that'll satisfy Trump for about 20 minutes. But it isn't <laughs> what he wants. The, MS, the uh, MS-13 thing, that'll... I mean, why don't we just shoot a bunch of them? Well, I prefer we did it by the, the rule of law, and I prefer we arrest the criminal gangs of all kinds and get them out of the United States or get them put in prison, all kinds. And uh, the MS-13 is a particularly vicious gang. Uh, I'm going to have to pretty much here kind of say, um, I conclude, because I've now got family coming on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And uh, I appreciate the time today. And uh, oh, we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it, Doctor Corsi. And uh, you're welcome uh, to share this microphone anytime, sir. And God bless you. Much success with the book. Well, God bless you too. And thank you for the show today. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you again. God bless you, Doctor Corsi. God bless you. Bye bye. All right. Well, all right, Virginia, we're going to take our uh, quarter after the hour break here. The book is Partners in Crime. The author is Dr. Jerome Corsi, The Clinton's Scheme to Monetize the White House for Personal Profit. And, uh, boy, we got a whole lot uh, more than we bargained for, and every every second of it was wonderful. Uh, We're going to open up the phone lines on the other side of the break. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. Six, six. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance 
at vachristian.org and saltandlightcouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here as we listen to a little bit of Des Ray telling you, you got to be bad. Gotta be bold. Gotta be wise. uh, I'm telling you, that was a fantastic interview with Dr. Corsi there, talking about bad, bold, and wise. Okay. And uh, we're going to open the phone lines up, 804-454-1366 is the number. I would love to know what you all out there think about uh, that interview. Uh, Dr. Corsi had a whole lot to say, 804-454-1366. Six is the number. And uh, and also, you know, while while we wait on, you know, perhaps someone might want to call in. uh, I'm going to get back on this subject that we were discussing uh, prior to Dr. Corsi coming on. And and that subject was what does greatness look like? And if you're just joining us uh, to just recap a little bit, I was talking about you know, for, for the many, many years and, and the hundreds of interviews that I've been uh, honored and, and, and blessed and privileged to, to perform uh, here on the air, a lot of these people, uh, would, they would fall in a category of greatness, the things that they do, the, the research, the fearlessness. I mean, Dr. Corsi, a, a prime example, as I was uh, pulling up research on Dr. Corsi, there's so much, if you go online and pull him up, you'll find so much that the left, which, you know, the left controls uh, for the most part, not 100%, but for the most part, they control news media, academia, uh, the Internet, Google, Facebook. I mean, these are hardcore left-wing people that, that run these outfits. And so you find a lot of negativity, a lot of negativity. And of course, I know how to cut right through that because I can, I, you know, I can read this stuff like the stitches on a fastball, and um, th- they're just lies, okay? And it's uh, same thing that I mean, if you go back two thousand years uh, to Jesus, they they lied, they hated, uh, they did all kinds of things, and and what did he say? If they hate me, they're gonna hate you, okay? So, uh, you know, I take Dr. Corsi as a Christian brother, a true patriot, a watchman on the wall. And so, of course, the people that want to destroy this nation, that want to turn this nation into a nation of godlessness, of course, they're going to write negative things against uh, a person like Dr. Corsi. And, you know, it's just it's ridiculous the things that uh, that pass for truth and the things that are true that pass for falsehood. Uh, in these people's world, up is down and down is up. And so you who out there 
who are consumers of news, who are consumers of information, you have some choices to make, okay? Uh, You know, you hear me come on here every week, and I give a viewpoint, and the viewpoint that I give and people like Dr. Corsi gives is 100% counter to so much that you hear. Give you a prime example. Uh, one day I was listening to uh, a song, it, the, and the refrain from the song said, take me to church. And I couldn't quite make out what the song was about, but I thought, oh, take me to church. You know, I'm a churchgoer. I, I'm going to Google this song. Maybe that's a song we can use when we go to commercial break and, and play the song. So I Google the song and, and play the song, take me to church, it's an anti-Christian, pro-homosexual song. Two guys kissing, and I mean the the the, the lyrics are just saying all this. You know, the, you know the church is supposedly like a church, a place that's full of lies. I mean, but the title to the song "Take Me to Church" and it has a good groovy beat to it, and you could if if you don't have a solid Christian foundation, if you're Uh, say, a young person uh, that has not been ingrained in the faith uh, by your parents and you're just out here, uh, you'll hear that and Satan is planting a negative message in your mind. And so we tend to think of it as just academia, the news media, uh, Democrat versus Republican. No, it's much, much deeper than that. It's much, much broader than that. And I saw a video recently of uh, Dinesh D'Souza, and we, we're scheduling an interview with him again. He's another one we've had on the program many, many times. But he's written a, a new book, and uh, he was talk, talking about <clears throat> people on the right having to have our own cultural institutions, that we have to make songs, we have to make movies, we have to make television shows. We have to form colleges that we can't just continually sit around and whine and complain and point fingers at Democrats. And, and we can't. We can't. Okay? And as you just heard Dr. Corsi explain that now, I disagree. I didn't nitpick him on uh, saying when he said the Republicans are, quote, unquote, just as bad as the Democrats because they're not just as bad. But there's plenty of bad in the Republican Party, plenty of good also. But at least in the Republican Party, you do have two camps, and those two camps are at war with one another. And one's going to win and one's going to lose. Now, on the Democrat side, there is no war. If anything, if, if there's anything you could call a war on the Democrat side, for example, between the uh, Bernie Sanders uh, voters and the Hillary Clinton voters. So if you want to say on the Democrat side, they have a war just like on the Republican side, it's not just like on the Republican side, because on the Democrat side, what they want is to go further and further into communism, socialism, fascism. They want totally to eradicate God, eradicate Christian faith, Islamic faith is okay, but not Christian faith. They want to have government just totally stop pretending and just take it over, okay? 
And so whereas on the Republican side, the battle is to come back to God, to come back to limited government, to come back to personal responsibility. So in a sense, you could say that both camps have a battle, but one camp is saying, let's go further and further uh, deep into this left field and just destroy this notion that um, your rights, you, you know, you silly Christians, you think you're born with rights. You think that baby in the womb has a right to live. You know, you, you silly Christians, oh, no, that baby has no right. The mother has the right. You know, the baby has no right. The father has no right. And they they further uh, are going to put the idea that there is no God, so how could God give you your rights? And on the Republican side, you have this battle between the people that say, well, we want to get religion out of politics, and if we just stick to the issue of finance and and national security, you know, these people, they've been so uh, misled. Uh, by the financial and, and uh, national security people, but they believe it. They believe this, okay? And, um, and so they, they want to take this attitude that you need to just stay away from the social issues. Don't talk about homosexuality. Don't talk about uh, a, a man with a dress in the bathroom with your granddaughter. I mean, how ridiculous, how ridiculous. But um, anyway... We, uh, I see we have a call from Mike. We're going to take him on the other side of the break because we're right up at the bottom of the hour break. Uh, we do have other phone lines. The number is Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, we want to welcome Mike to the program from Richmond. And we do have other lines open. The number is 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. And Mike, what's on your mind, brother? Well, Craig, I, I, uh, yeah, Hatchet Man, uh, I appreciate you having uh, Corsi on. He opened my eyes about some things. Yeah. But as I have said many times before, and I will keep saying it, unless we take back the schools, nothing yes. else will work. Yeah. And another thing, I believe the left has infiltrated the Republican Party. Oh, uh, yes. That's Tea Party aside. And also, it's infiltrated the churches. Oh, you know, you, now, Mike is all over in the church. Mike, you're, his, uh, you're absolutely right. And I, I remember I remember this sermon that a preacher gave when I was a boy. I don't know if you heard my opening, but I was talking about, you know, my boyhood growing up in Charles City uh, at Union Baptist Church. And uh, some of the, you know, really, really wonderful, fiery sermons. And I, but I always remember this sermon that a guy talking about uh, the little demons uh, when they get together to report back to Satan, uh, who they, um, you know, who they had ensnared, and uh, the, the 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 demons that were down at the beer joint uh, were laughing at this little new demon. Uh, he said because they asked him where have you been. He said, well, I've been to church, <laughs> and, uh, and they were like, you know, that's not where you're supposed to go. And uh, but he was like, hey, you 
these folks, you got them already, but I jumped on the uh, deacon's shoulder, and then I jumped on the preacher's shoulder, and then I jumped on sister so-and-so's shoulder. And uh, I just, that was the funniest. He, the, the preacher had a very funny way of making a point of, um, you know, we, we, we should humble ourselves and do self-examination. Now, you talk about, do you, do you know any of the Costellos? Yes, I do. Yes. Well, this mm-hmm. was back in 1952. This little church that I went to, sort of a, a free will Baptist church in Norfolk, Virginia, mm-hmm. he was there in full regalia. I guess he was the grandfather of the ones that are alive today. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was preaching a sermon. I'll never forget that. Oh, okay. Uh, and another thing. Yeah, I knew some from West Point. No. Yeah, well, he was originally from West Point. I, I guess uh, Costello, I don't know whether he was Mattapani or Pamunkey, Pamunkey, one of those two. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I... Uh, Anyway, and as far as Gillespie's concerned, he's anti-Trump and he's establishment. I will not vote for him. You're not going to change my mind about it. I'll try <laughs> to vote in Cory Stewart. If I can't vote him in, I will not vote. Wow. Because the Republicans, they are responsible for us getting Mark Warner. They're responsible for us getting this Kane. Is true. They're this responsible is true. for us getting Terry McAuliffe. They wouldn't stand behind a good man like uh, uh, Cuccinelli. Yeah. Now, I tried. Responsible I know. I, I tried my best to, uh, as a matter of fact, I think Ken still could have pulled it out had he been more aggressive. And see, and I'm always trying to explain to Republicans that the numbers are on our side if you get past party labels, okay? Because if you look at the, um, and it's not just in Virginia, but all across the country, whenever there's a ballot initiative, the ballot initiative, when you take Republican and Democrat off of it, the ballot initiative typically goes in the direction of conservatism. For example, the two most recent ballot initiatives in Virginia were the property rights ballot initiative that passed 75 to 25, which means what, Mike? 100% of the Republicans voted yes, and 50% of the Democrats voted yes. In order to get 75%, you had to have a lot of Democrat support. Well, that's true. Yeah. And the same thing with the uh, Defense of Marriage Amendment. That passed with 58%. Now, that's not half the Democrats, but still, 58%. You, you you never, ever get a Democrat or a Republican winning by 58%. But see, when you put uh, Senator Stupid or Governor Goofball and attach them to an issue, all of a sudden it's going to be 51-49. You know, and you, even, in, even as far left state like California, how many times have they had ballot initiatives in California and they always come out – to the to the conservative side, even with things like votes against homosexuality or in favor of protecting marriage, well, and certainly when you talk about not taxing them more, these well, ballot the initiatives the around the country, they, well, they, the, the, the record is, is seventeen and one, or yeah. uh, maybe seventeen and two now, uh, and that's the record around the country. So Republicans are leaving a lot of votes on the table, and and I think. It's because two reasons. Number one, this Boy Scout mentality among Republicans. And number two, they want to be so moderate and not offend anyone that they're not aggressively articulating uh, the right issues, which is what your point is about um, Gillespie uh, being anti-Trump. You know, and you, and you make a valid point. Now, I'm going to have Pete Snyder on real soon uh, who is uh, the chairman of uh, Gillespie's campaign. And so, and I know Pete, 
and I'll, I'll be talking to Pete, and, you know, we'll see if we can get uh, Gillespie to move in the proper direction. Well, I hear some of his promises he's making on the radio now and his uh, ads. Mm-hmm. I hope you've got them all down in the book so that if he is by chance elected, we're going to hold him to everything <laughs> he said. We're not going to let him get away with, well, these are people who aren't supporting me or this, that, and the other. I'm sorry. You made yeah. the promise. You go through. You, 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 it's, it's your job to get these people on your side, yeah. providing it's good legislation. Some of the stuff he says sounds pretty good. But, uh, you know, some of that stuff falls by the wayside. What every one of those A lot of it does. Every and one of those representatives voted that they were going to repeal Obamacare when they right. knew he'd, uh, you know, he'd veto it. Mm-hmm. But that was all for show. So look what happens now. Yeah. Well, they really look like fools. They really do. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's liable to be that if things don't turn around, it will be the end of the Republican Party. Yeah, they're playing us, Mike. They, they, really, they, really, yeah. they really are playing us. And like I said earlier, on, on, on the Republican side, there's a healthy debate. There's a battle, if you will, of, of returning to uh, limited government and personal responsibility versus the big government um, neoliberal Republicans, what they used to call the Rockefeller Republican. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, to be fair to uh, Ed, he's, that's the camp he's from. They, th- they don't want to limit government because they don't want to tell a person that we're going to take from you something that really, Mike, is not theirs to begin with. But right. once you start giving people free stuff, they think that is theirs. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, I don't have a right to go into your pocket and give it to a poor person. Now, if I want to go into my pocket and give it to a poor person, uh, you know, that's laudable and, and that should be congratulated. Right. But for me to knock you in the head and take your money and tell you, Mike, you need to just shut up because I'm not spending your money. I'm going to give it to a poor person. Well, I don't think that's a sufficient excuse for me to knock you in the head. Do you, no, Mike? <laughs> hey, uh, Hatchet Man. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I was kind of wondering, like you, what is it between the Bushes and Clinton? This did not make yes. sense to me either. It didn't you know, make any sense to me. So, of course, he sort of opened my eyes. Maybe I better buy his book. Yeah, get the book. He's, he's brilliant, I'm telling you. The guy does excellent research, and uh, I highly recommend the book, uh, yeah. Par- Partners in Crime. And, mm. um, you know, have, you read, have you read it yet? I've read uh, about half of it. I'm not finished with it. Mm. And, uh, I, I guess it, did it open your eyes about a lot of things you wondered about? Uh, well, a lot of, you know, I study this stuff all the time, so yeah, a lot uh, of it I was already familiar with, but there were some new nuggets of information that uh, I did not know about. Yeah. But, well, this, if I got if I heard it right, wasn't he saying the CIA and the bankers and the, dr- and the drug dealers are all in cahoots? I've heard that for years. Isn't and, that uh, something? He Isn't did, that something? Of course, Good he did gracious. a book, Who Killed JFK, and I interviewed him for that book, uh, uh-huh. and back then... He talked about uh, when 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 Kennedy was killed, that all the players that could potentially have a reason to be an enemy to him, they all got together in Dallas, and that you had uh, Vice President Johnson, you had Richard Nixon, you had the Dulles brothers. That's your CIA connection there, the uh-huh. du- the Dulles brothers. Okay, oh. you had H. W. Bush who was then the head of the CIA. And, and you had, um, there was some famous assassin from Italy. He was there, okay, as, oh a, as, a, as a backup just in case 
uh, Oswald missed. Okay, and the, and he further stated that. Now this is amazing. He further stated that when the the motorcade went by and Kennedy was shot, that Johnson was slunk down so far in the seat that you could barely see him because he knew the shots were coming. Oh, but he let man. Lady Bird sit upright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you had Republicans and Democrats and people in uh, what Eisenhower warned about, the military-industrial complex. Uh, you had all these people coming together in Dallas. And, uh, it, it, you know, and then you had this sham of, of, a, of a commission, the, the Warner the Warren Commission. Yeah, the Warren Commission. Yeah. This was yeah. a sham because if Oswald acted al- uh, if Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, how would he, as just a lone person, know where the motorcade route was? If he had a part-time job at the book depository, you know, he would have had to known about the route way back when he got that part-time job. Yeah. And the route of a motorcade is changed at the last minute just to prevent someone from knowing the route. Huh. Okay? Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah. yeah. You certainly have a point there. How did he know? Well, I mean, the man does research. Now, still, uh, Dr. Corsi would not, he would not point a finger at any particular individual, but what he did in the book was pointed out that all the players were there and uh, even the uh, mafia members. And so, and, and I think basically what they did was then anybody that w- would have the capacity to do that, uh, they got them all in on it so that, no one could rat anyone else out because if anyone would rat someone else out, they would implicate implicate themselves. And that's what I that's not his quote, but that's what I took from that. But I mean, the guy's well, a he's a thing, pit bull of a researcher. I just give him credit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, uh, Hatchet Man, all this corruption and crime goes on, and it seems like nobody ever gets punished. That's well, what really makes me sick. Yeah, that's what I. That's why I asked him the question about did he think that the Clintons were going to go down. And he seems to think that uh, Trump's going to get tired of it. Now, what I can't figure out is if Trump is the real deal, why he didn't do this the first week. You know, That's the, right. If it were yeah. me, the first week, all the Obama holdovers. See, this is how Democrats fight. And I'm surprised Trump didn't do this because Trump is a lifelong Democrat. And he, he won the election by fighting like Democrats fight, real nasty. Okay? Yeah. He was nasty. Let's he just, was nasty. He was nasty sure. now. You know, Republicans typically, they don't fight. Republicans fight on issues. Democrats fight on personality and all this stupid stuff. And um, But that's a lot of times that stuff sells, and then he has the personality to go along with it. But you see, when Clinton got elected, uh, just to give you one uh, example, the uh, the United States attorneys, Clinton fired all 93 yeah. of them. Yeah, I remember that. And the that. media didn't make a, a peep. Then when Bush got in there, Bush fired six of them. Oh, and the media, went, the media went crazy. Yeah. So what this is, this is fear. This is, he's afraid, he was afraid to clean house because of fear of the media. And I, for years, Mike, I've been trying to tell Republicans and uh, as a matter of fact, I have it right here. Um, whose report do you will you believe? Where Caleb gives a report to Moses, and he says, "We are able to take the land." 
And 10 of his brothers came back and said, no, we cannot take the land because these are people of great stature and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's fear. It's yeah, fear. I know. These I know. people it's are just... not as big and bad as we think they are. But since we give them uh, credit for being uh, big and powerful and more importantly, we give them credit for the integrity of their intentions. We never accuse Democrats of being liars. We always accuse them of simply meaning well, but simply being wrong. They don't mean well. The, exactly. They, don't mean well. they do not mean, me well. They mean well. They are liars from the pit of hell, Mike, not the periphery of hell, yeah, the I know. pit of hell. I know what you mean. I'm beginning yes. to think that even Satan's afraid of them. <laughs> Hey, you have uh, you have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. And it's good talking with you. And thank Same you for here. giving me the time. All right. God bless you. Right. All right. God we're bless gonna, you too. We, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have uh, Romney. Brother Romney's going to be on with us uh, after the break, and uh, we'll probably have time for one more call. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. And his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And it's been a fantastic program. This is our final segment. We did have a big dog guest today, and uh, we just had a ball. And now we got a couple of big dog callers here. We got uh, Brother Romney and and Brother Larry, and we're going to take Brother Romney uh, first and uh, now, but uh, one one quick mention before we get to Romney. Uh, earlier in the program, I did announce that we do have a job opening or a gig opening for someone that can create a CGI uh, opening to our where we waterboard the terrorists. And we we have only the audio for waterboarding the terrorists, but we need someone that can do a uh, a cartoon depiction or a CGI depiction 
of us waterboarding that terrorist. And uh, we, we finally get the information out of that joker. Brother Craig is the hatchet man, and you can find him at WNTW. <laughs> Brother Romney, what's on your mind, man? Praise the Lord. I'm just enjoying you. I caught the last part of uh, you and Dr. Corsi. Yes. Uh, Jerome Corsi. You know, I know who he is. Oh, uh, yeah. I have a friend of mine, Chuck Prismeyer, who's had him on his show. I've been on Chuck Prismeyer's radio broadcast before. But yeah. I know he's a great man of God. He is. And, uh, and I thank God that you had him on. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And, Amen and to praise that. Praise the Lord for that. But did you see, Brother Craig, how the, the people went crazy? about Bible study in the White House. Oh, no, I hadn't seen that, but yeah, I believe you. Yeah, it's on the you. news all day. They, they had Bible study in the White House. Folk went crazy. Oh, they had Donald Trump is having Bible study in the White House. Oh, and you my know, And God. you know what else? You, now you remember a couple of weeks ago when a group of ministers went to the White House and laid hands on, laid hands on Donald Trump right. and prayed. Is that the same event you're talking about? No, no, no. When they no. prayed this, over this, him. This happened, just happened just happened yesterday or today. Oh, okay. Was, well, yeah, anyway, Reverend Barber, Reverend Barber from Philadelphia uh, has been going around being interviewed, and he said that the preachers that prayed over President Trump were guilty of heresy. And oh. I kid you not, man, and I called that joker up, and I invited him to come on and face the hatchet man with that mess. And do you know it's been two weeks? I've called twice. I have not heard from that joker. You ain't going to hear from him. I, I, I've, I've talked to his secretary. I've, I've not heard. I mean, and he's going to be just like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and yep. others that I have challenged to debate or I've invited on a radio program. They once they find out who the hatchet man is, you know. Now, had yeah. I been a friendly, uh, a, a friendly person, like he went on MSNBC and spouted that mess about Donald Trump, I wish he would have the nerve to think he come could come up here and, and face the hatchet have, man. I would have had to record it. Well, see, you know, I'm an ordained minister. I've been a pastor. I've pastored two churches. So what I'm saying is, if these guys are called by God to preach, I'm an aerospace engineer. Well, you, Amen. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, if, if they've been called to preach, I'm an aerospace engineer like yeah, my yeah. These people they, are charlatans. They these are. These people are leading black folk astray. They're not telling the truth. They're not giving black folk what they need to hear. And oh, it's I'm not so just black a black-white thing. Remember now, you know, remember our brother Paul. There is no black, no white, no There's male, no, no female. Jew, no Gentile. That's what I'm saying. Right, it's, right. It's all about black. All so, black. It's, it's about blackness, black that, black right. this, black that. See, that's they what I'm talking about. They're pulpit pimps and poverty pimps. This is you what they what are. You? you look at the book of uh, Acts. It was, look, all ethnic groups were together on the day of Pentecost. Yes. From every nation. Yes. <laughs> When you get saved, and that's the uh, promise of America. America is a place where the color of your skin should not matter. It should be like the vision of the late great uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And uh, Martin Luther King would not recognize these uh, poverty pimp Negroes today. <laughs> and they, they're always trying to come in his name. Yeah. And yeah, and I did not that was not a slip of the tongue. I called them poverty pimp negroes. Oh okay. Anybody are. doesn't like it, the number is 804-454-1366. Okay? The content of your character. Amen. It's character, not color. I'm so sick of that. Did you, yeah, cuz Al Sharpton bragged about how black folk 
enslaved white folk before white folk enslaved black folk. He was bragging about it. Yeah, and it's man's inhumanity to man. And it, there were there were white slaves and black masters, okay? Sure. But it's man's inhumanity to his fellow man. And, exactly, uh, but see, they're enslaving black folk even today. Yes. You understand what they're I'm saying? They're still the party of slavery. You've met me, and I've seen almost more racism from black folk than I did from white folk. I know, I know, and it's a shame. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I but do. God bless you. Look, that's what I'm saying to you. You see, I'm just sitting here, but they're getting mad about the Bible study in the White House. Hey, they're wicked. Now, the last thing, then i got to go and catch Brother Larry. When okay. the uh, when the Democrats held their last convention in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, they, it was pointed out to them that God was not mentioned in the party platform. So they hustled out to the stage, called a voice vote to change the party platform to just give God a mention. Okay, oh, the my. people gathered in that coliseum voted no, and when they beat the gavel and said the I the yes have it, the motion is passed. A cascade of booze came down on them. Those wicked, evil people, and these are the leaders of the Democrat Party, not you out there, Mon Pa Democrat, but they Come booed on. them because they do not believe in God. Now, and and I've, got to, I've got to move, Romney. Hi, brother. <laughs> Thank you for the call. God bless you. Hi, you're welcome. All right. You. And now we've got Brother Larry holding down our western flank out there in Louisa County. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Brother Craig, and I hope that you will keep on keeping on because, you know, as a conservative that's been in the fight since 76, we keep giving the ball to the Republicans, and they fumble it before they can even go through the hole of a line that's made. <laughs> You're you know, right. it's like in football. They, we keep handling them the football. Yep. The linemen have paved open the way, and they fumble it before they even get to where our line is. And, you, you know, are, after a while, you, are you know, so after a while, right. that, the word of you know, God says the, the word of God says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And you know, like I was telling uh, Mike, that there is a ripeness in this nation. Like right here in Virginia, Larry, we had a property rights uh, amendment to the Constitution that passed seventy-five to twenty-five, which means a whole lot of Democrats had to vote with the Republicans. And but our guys, they just don't get it, you know. Mr. Nice Guy, uh, Governor Goofball, and Senator Stu Pid. You know, what more can you say? <laughs> you said it all, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, thank, thank you for the call, man, and uh, you be blessed. And uh, I'm still going to be looking for you at church uh, one of these Sundays, Larry. <laughs> sir, I, I, you'll see me one of these days. One of these days. Okay, brother. Yeah. And uh, see yeah, it's, it's always good seeing you. I, I know when I look back and I see that smile and that shiny head, okay, there's my brother. And uh, it's, it's either me, Brother Craig, or Charlie Brown, one of the two. <laughs> well, you're no Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. I, I'm looking for Snoopy, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you, brother. Take care. All right. Well, all right, Virginia. We're going to have to let that be the last word. And, uh, it's been a great program. Uh, I really appreciate all the callers. And, uh, and of course, we certainly appreciate Dr. Jerome Corsi. Uh, the book he's written, Partners in Crime, uh, we, we highly encourage you to go out and purchase that book. And in the meantime, we're going to see you here next week, folks. Same hatchet time. Same 
Hatchet Station. Here's the best news and talk. AM 820 WNTW Chester is the answer.